Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Maryland uh, cannabis lawyers Meredith Kinner and Johnny McGowan. They're going to talk about what's going on in Maryland, but first we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Tom and Miggy, what's happening? Oh, hey. I'm doing just fine. And remember, guys, stick around. We'll give away some bovidas and some dupe tubes if you email tom at collateralbase.com. Hey, uh, Miggy, do you notice anything uh, different about me today? Besides your snazzy bow tie? No, that was it. That was it. That's what I was getting at. My snazzy bow tie. So how's uh, quarantine in place going out west? Well, you know, we're everything's a new norm, right? Uh, now, for the first time uh, yesterday, I have, we have long lines because they're... Uh, 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 yeah, the you know, six feet apart line. Yeah, well, not just six feet apart, but they're uh, minimizing how many people come in at a time in different stores. Oh, really? I oh, thought yeah. that was, uh, you know, the maximum occupancy has been reduced. Well, they're doing it per square footage now. I think it's like one person per 125 square foot or something like that. But Damn. it's nuts, dude. But um, something that did happen, um, and I hate to say that it's COVID-related, but I think everybody in legalization owes this little girl um, uh, a recognition. And that's that's uh, Charlotte Fiji. Uh, Charlotte. Oh, my gosh. That was in the news. I'm trying to hit a plus here. And so sure. tell people about Charlotte. Yeah, so Charlotte Fiji, also known uh, for the strange Charlotte's Web, uh, created by the Stanley Brothers, and that was what seven years ago. Uh, yeah. Her case and and that that strain brought about the whole CBD uh, uh, revolution, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, it, it wasn't being talked about. Uh, many states like uh, uh, Oklahoma owe this little girl great gratitude for all the CBD stores they had before yep. uh, they got medical. The namesake for Charlotte's Web passed away she was only 13 and she died from the coronavirus yeah her whole family actually had it they were for like a month they were um containing it and then it finally got to her because of her weakened immune system but uh yeah i just think it's important that people should know and recognize that this little girl uh, just passed on and uh, uh they owe her a lot that's sad. And then there's also a little bit of sad news for me, uh, marijuana legalization that just happened uh, today. Bernie oh. Sanders suspends his presidential campaign. So we did that video like, can he legalize it day one? Yeah, maybe. But um, he's not going to get a day one. And Biden really hasn't. Biden has not advocated legalizing cannabis. You know, so, I, I just still get the whole it's the machine type bullshit, because honestly, Biden, I mean, all the stuff like the twelve hundred dollar stimulus check. 
all the social and talk bullshit. You know, here we are with $1,200 check a month bullshit talk. Right, right. With a $1,200 bullshit, you know, but it's it's just what happens, man. And then some things that's good in Illinois, we did get uh, $110 million in the first quarter of legalization. So that's not bad, you know, $110 million already. Uh, I guess multiply that by four and you get about $500 million uh, for the, the state's first year in sales. That'd be pretty respectable. I was really hoping we'd hit like six to $800 million, but take it, man. But I think, you know, with the markets right now with, with cannabis, cannabis is always just like alcohol, right? They're always going to be good because people want to buy or, sm- or drink and smoke during good times and bad times. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I think you guys are just seeing the leveling off, right? People are just being conservative with their money, and then it's going to rise up again once everybody gets back into their own situation. I, I saw such crazy drivers on my way to work today because I'm essential as a lawyer. Yeah. And so, like, uh, I swear there's more people that are just drunk out there on the roads now. Or they just don't give AF. I mean, they were just all over the place. Oh, I'm guaranteed there's more day drinking going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what else uh, came out again? This is something we've already been talking about, but now political is caught up. So uh, pandemic upends pot legalization. So that's uh, today's Politico. And a lot of that's what we were been talking about, how it's really hard to get those signatures when you're six feet away from somebody. Yeah, and, uh, man, that, that stinks. But we did have Jared Moffat on a couple of weeks ago, and he did tell us that uh, what were the four states that still have it on the ballot? We're going to have oh, guests from those four states as we approach, because each one of them has uh, some new legalization that is going to be placed for either medical or for uh, full adult use. And I want to say it was Arizona, uh, South Dakota. And I got a brother-in-law from Yankton, South Dakota. So I can't wait to get South Dakota cannabis lawyer uh, episode in the camp. (laughs) That'll be great. And then where else? New Jersey. Oh yeah. One more that's, that's escaping me. Uh, Who's that? No, nah, it was Mississippi. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's medical in Mississippi. I can't wait to get a, an anla- analysis of that law. It might be similar to Kentucky's or West Virginia's or the ones that are popular in the South. Even Florida's law started without flour. Well, it's even funny with Kentucky. Uh, they just released like a thousand prisoners uh, because of this virus shit. No shit. Yeah, yeah, a thousand nonviolent prisoners, which is a great, uh, I think, stride. It's just uh, funny how uh, some of these prohibition states are so good on one side and then bad on the other yeah yeah and some of these prohibition states are like florida true leave has reported fourth quarter and full fiscal 2019 financial results and so uh out of tallahassee so there you go uh record revenue of 80 million adjusted ebitda of 36.9 okay so maybe they actually made a profit that would be interesting if uh if they actually made a profit yeah i think the big news are up in canada right now i think uh, I don't know. I'm going to dig into the fourth quarter results from Leave a little bit later, but uh, that was that's Tuna's sponsor, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, talking I, I follow Josh Kincaid's podcast because, you know, he does all the market watch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have him back on and do uh, an update on like the business of cannabis. So you know, but he, he's yeah. a good show. I mean, that's oh, yeah. uh, the talking hedge is his podcast. Yeah, yeah, and he does some really good analytics, and a lot of uh, recently, like with, uh, again, everybody's been getting hit hard throughout this process. Uh, some places are downsizing, which inc- unfortunately like makes your value go up because you now have less overhead or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, that's what he's been seeing. A lot of Canadian markets, uh, the big businesses are getting hit, and uh, some of the American ones are kind of stabilizing. Well, I- uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something else. I wish I had some cannabis licenses uh, right now because they're moving a lot of product as everybody's, you know, it's recession proof. 
And actually, it's a, it's a coping mechanism for stress. So people probably buy more when they're stressed as opposed to uh, when they're not, you know? Well, you know what that means when you smoke it when you're stressed? You're uh, using it medically? Damn right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but like, uh, shit, I got nothing, dude. I just blanked out. I mean, like, uh, you, you know, off kind of. <laughs> it's how it's, it's, how, it's the new normal. Like, there's only today and then there was yesterday. I, what what day is it? It's, it's today. Well, it's Wednesday around two o'clock. Of course, that's why we're on the air. If we didn't have this show, we'd have no idea what day it is. I'd have no fucking clue, dude. I, just, you know, I just show up anyways, just because uh, I'm an essential, but I'm one guy in one lab. Yeah, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm an internet uh, attorney and consultant, so uh, I've been here for a bit. But you know what? You know what the real hook is? You guys get to see how to tie a bow tie if you hang out, and then you're also gonna get some bovidas and maybe a a, a dube tube. Uh, let's see. Do we have the? We could put that that banner up if we still have it. Is it in there? Uh, no. There it is. All right. Cost me about like three dollars to mail these suckers out, and then that's another thing I'm gonna do. Right. I've done this in forever. Uh, remember that book that I did that you know you read like ten years ago now? Yeah. In ten years, but uh, I'm gonna get some more of those ones, the Satan Smoke one, and then we can give those away at the end of the show uh, nice. for like the comment that we thought was the hilariousest. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, uh, it's it more people a uh, reason to comment. So with like um, legalization and the lowering, uh, what do you think about that little corner with like Washington and Maryland and, and Virginia? Oh, man, uh, that corner is, is huge. And, and it's something that I don't know all that much about. And I'm really, really excited to be able to uh, learn so much more about Maryland and New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Maybe they'll know all. And then, of course, we sometimes talk about D.C.'s cannabis laws, too, which are when we're doing it, it's educated guesses because we don't yeah. really know. Uh, but uh, our guests are definitely going to. So why don't we uh, bring them on and, and start uh, start the interview, man? Damn right. Yeah. yeah, let's bring them on. Meredith, Johnny, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's up, baby? Tom, Lauren, how you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, Johnny and Meredith. Yeah. So it's you guys help you, right? Everything's uh, everything's closed down. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys do? Uh, we have a boutique cannabis law practice in uh, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. We're headquartered in D.C., but uh, we've been around since 2015 working, you know, in the Maryland medical space and, um, you know, industrial hemp as well and CBD and, and DC as well. So it's awesome. Yeah. 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 We like it. It's, it's been evolving in a weird way, but it's, it's cool to be on the, uh, at the beginning of it, you know, beginning of the industry. Yeah. It does move fast. Doesn't it? Yeah. You guys are both in Maryland and DC, right? Meredith? We're we're bar, we're uh, our firm's based in D.C., but we're barred. We can practice in uh, Maryland and D.C. Oh wow! They we wave in. Practice they in, call it. In, uh, yeah. Oh, it's kind of like yeah. the, wave in. Exactly. They wave in. Yeah. So I am practicing here now. Hello. Uh, um, now we can practice there. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, how familiar are you with the D.C. Uh, cannabis laws? Then. Very familiar with Maryland and D.C. Okay. So it's legal in D.C., but it's illegal to sell it. What's the deal with it? What's the deal? Um, Johnny, do you want to start? Or I got to want... get an avatar, so I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so D.C. is, a lot of people don't know this, or if they do, they don't really realize what it means. D.C. is not a state. Um, we are more like a territory, and our municipal budget is a part of the federal budget. 
And so when DC had a ballot measure, ballot measure 71 on the ballot in 2014, it passed overwhelmingly and went into effect um, in 2015. In the 2015 uh, federal budget, there was a rider that essentially prevented DC from using municipal funds to regulate adult use marijuana. And so that is why now we have essentially a self-executing um, self-executing law, because all it did was amend the criminal code to allow people to possess up to two ounces of marijuana, uh, people 21 and over, and to transfer an ounce of marijuana. And there's some home cultivation measures as well, but you cannot trade or sell cannabis for any sort of remuneration at all. There, you know, there's no donations. It's, it, it, it is, you cannot trade cannabis for value. I heard you guys do have a uh, very expensive stickers and, and pens though. There are some very expensive stickers and pens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that is one way of doing it. A lot of people have tried to sell stickers for $40 and you would get, you know, an eighth of cannabis with that sticker. Um, what we I like mean, anybody has balls, you just be like, I didn't sell him shit. I sold him a Ziploc bag for $40 that happened. <laughs> when you're selling a sticker for $40, it's it kind of you might as well just be right. implications there, yeah, right. But you, more importantly, it sounds like it's legal to have it, it's legal, legal to give it away. It's yeah. legal to grow it, legal to grow it, legal to process it in your own home, too. Legal Whoa. to make the vape pens in the home. In the home. Don't in the home. Outside of the home, though, because oh, that's yeah, that's that's wow. terrible. But see, that's that's kind of the same biasness that when Prop Two Fifteen came about, people were like, "Oh, well, you can't make money off of marijuana uh, because it's medical or it's uh, uh, altruistic," which is all right. bullshit altogether. Right. But but so the, the issue is that now we're having this 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 still having this fight over why isn't DC allowed to realize income from recreational marijuana, right? Because the issue is that if you're selling a sticker, you're probably not registered as sticker seller. It's, it's clearly there. Right? You so said they can grow it. You said they could have it. You said they could give it away. They're doing it, you know, um, but they're doing it unregulatedly. Right. And then there's some companies that are, you know, that are doing it more, you know, they're farther to the, to the legal side on that spectrum. They're farther to that side than they are to the illicit market. But it's all, it's still all gray. You know, there's just less riskier areas of gray, less riskier shades of gray, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, in any of these industries, you're always going to have those guys that are on the gray area. I know right. out here, a friend of the cast, Lance Glore, when it was medical here, uh, he used lawyers to help create his infrastructure. And in the end, he still was rated federally and is still serving a 10 year sentence right now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, right. It's, it's all federally illegal. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. And people have the misconception that somehow because D.C. is the, you know, the seat of the federal government, that that makes it somehow that federal laws are in effect. No, it's that our budget is literally a part of the federal budget. And some asshole in Maryland, some congressperson who is now retired and has since endorsed medical marijuana. (laughs) And even though he's retired, it's still in there because... The Senate passed it this last go round. So, Damn. well, let's talk about a, a less convoluted because that's just bananas 
insanity to a certain that's, extent. And that's par for the course of the federal government. Yes. How's Maryland approaching? Johnny, it's, thanks for coming back in. Sorry, the, uh, the the video wasn't working for you. But how, I, better. I look better now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you look like the logo for my uh, for my tech company, Stumari. But um, anyway, why don't you tell us about how Maryland set up their uh, cannabis laws? Well, God, the Maryland is, you know, currently only has a medical cannabis program. You know, there's no adult use or um, any kind of law similar to the D.C. mess that we have. So um, Carolyn's been uh, Maryland's been online since 2017. They have um, roughly 90 dispensaries. There's still some that need to be license they have roughly 90 dispensaries 18 processors 18 growers and they're about to they're, they're about to issue presumably um more licenses for growers and processors in the near future and are they um, going to announce those because last year last summer they had a window where they took some applications that i thought closed in june of 2019 have they not announced those winners yet Tom, this could fill a show. I tell you what. Yeah. What's been While you're here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Meredith, I can, I can, I can kind of just give them the brief layout if you want to add, yeah. to that, please. Um, yeah. Basically, Tom, you're right. So basically, the the first, the licenses that have thus been issued to uh, licensees in Maryland, a lot of them uh, were not issued to um, you know minority-owned or women-owned companies, and there was a large disparity between large multi-state operators. Um, getting these licenses in local residents, small business owners, getting these licenses. And so, you know, there was a lot behind it. There was a lot at play, but eventually the legislature allowed for um, 14 more licenses, four grower and 10 processor to be awarded to companies uh, that qualified. Now, among the qualifications, they were going to give a preference to minority owned um, and uh, disadvantaged equity applicants, mm-hmm. um, which includes a whole you know, a bunch of guidelines, but essentially, you know, if you were a true, you know, a true minority owned disadvantaged applicant, meaning you, your net worth wasn't 1.7 million or more, and you were, uh, you fell into one of the minorities that they um, stipulated on the application, your application could receive bonus points of sorts. Um, Anyway, they were set to announce those winners um, in September of last year. Uh, right before, on the eve of announcing, if you will, um, the it eve. was, huh? Literally the eve. The yeah, day before. There, there, there was there was an injunction um, issued by a circuit court in Maryland, which said that you know um, they have been because they had been sued for uh, you know a corrupt or in you know uh, application process. And so right now, since that, the uh, you know the commission has disbanded because they only have a certain amount of terms. Mm-hmm. And in October, right after that injunction was issued, um, the 13 sitting commissioners no longer were commissioners. They were, you know, it was disbanded. So not only did we have a lawsuit, no licenses issued, and we had no commission that was sitting, um, everything just got put, you know, everything went into a tailspin. And since then, no licenses have been issued. But I guess, Meredith, if you want to fill in the details about what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tom, I don't know, Tom, if you have, if you have. That's, uh, that, I, I got, this is from the Chappelle show. And my dad yeah. sometimes watches the show and says I shouldn't curse. But uh, Marilyn is fucking up. What the heck, man? I mean, this is now, they still don't have licensees. All of the licensees from 2015 and 16 haven't even been licensed. There's oh, still dispensaries that haven't been licensed. And now this whole 
process is wrapped up in lawsuits. There are more, there's been what? Five there's going to be a lot of lawsuits in Illinois. There's going to, but there's so many lawsuits in Maryland right now. And I'll, I could tell you why it's called millions of dollars of free cash flows. Yeah. If you have this license and you're not yep. an idiot right. and you know how to run the operation, you're talking about, eh, after all the taxes is paid, there's a million dollars worth of Jack. People want that, you know, yeah. they want it. And given an opportunity for, for that, you know, and then that's, what's been the, the, that's what's been the mistake is they're not giving everyone equal opportunity to get these licenses, which can change, you know, generations. It can change. That's that's one of the reasons yeah. why I think Illinois has done it such a they saw this problem and right. they saw it all over the country. I mean, because we'll have people we haven't had somebody from L.A. on yet. Uh, we'll have somebody from L.A. on and then we're trying to find a Mendo lawyer as well to have him on the show or her on the show. Uh, but. You know, there it's more municipal regulated. And so they tried to inject some uh, social equity into the municipality in L.A. And I don't know how well that's turned out. But in Illinois, they injected the social equity into the scoring metric rubric in the sense that if you do not have that minority person, well, or we call them a social equity applicant in Illinois and we define it in a race neutral way, but that in a way which probably means that you're a certain race. Uh, or at least you've been affected negatively by the law in the sense that you were arrested for cannabis, which, of course, we know what the statistics are for the cannabis arrests. And because we know those statistics, then we can extrapolate what the race is probably there in general. And so they've done it in a very uh, free from uh, a, a challenge to the constitutionality of their law. And, and they've forced people to put these people on their teams, which is excellent. But Illinois also with the rec, yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, you're talking about recreational, I'm assuming. I'm only talking about yeah. recreational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The medical thing had nothing that addressed it. And so we would have yeah. the exact same type of, and then yes, the medical, it's it's all wealthy people. But then again, you have to realize that this, like I just said, that there's a million dollars worth of free jack. Kind of want that. It usually comes with a whole bunch of contracts yeah, and a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of sophisticated people that are sitting there trying to protect it. But they also had like, you know, loan, pro didn't, wasn't there loan programs and all educational programs as well? Like if you could show that you were with the Illinois law. You need to win first and okay. then there's loans. Okay. So like that's, that's a catch 22, a certain yeah. extent. So like you can access that capital after the fact. So how do you get the license without the capital? That's yeah. your catch 22. Although I noticed that in looking at the way they broke down the zip codes in economically disadvantaged areas, at least in Chicago, because I'm somewhat familiar with Chicago. I noticed that my aunt's neighborhood in Hyde Park was in one of these EDAs. And I was like, wait, she lives, you know, Barack Obama is like over down this like oh, shit. street. But like it's right yeah. across. the University of Chicago is literally in one of these neighborhoods. It just seemed kind of well, guys, continuous to a certain, you know, but yeah. but it includes that zip code includes, you know, areas. Um, yeah, less of that. Did Maryland's law include uh, just like Illinois, uh, av avoiding monopolies, like for per per no. percentages? No, they don't allow man the medical market. They don't allow management agreements anymore. But that was oh. that's a lot of what's going on now. Is that they they. Um, is that they're afraid that all of these multi-state operators essentially had straw men that were the, the minority face in Maryland um, who had really negligible, if any, role in, in the in the actual you know operations of the company. So uh, to, to to kind of finish the narrative of of where we are now, honestly, just because it's super interesting, it turned out at the end of last year while we're all trying to figure out 
you know, are they going to award these diversity licenses? You know, who's the new commission going to be and all that stuff. Delegate Cheryl Glenn, who was a member of, uh, of the Black Caucus, you know, the legislative uh, assembly that pushed for these licenses to even be available. Her mother is the is the namesake. It's the Natalie M. LaProd Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission. So her mother's name is like, you know, in the title. She uh, entered into a plea deal um, on corruption and bribery charges because uh, she was taking bribes from um, allegedly a multi-state operator. Allegedly. <laughs> Now yeah. want to get into the Maryland market and, you know. Exactly. exactly. So, so yeah, but that's just the motivation. And so you guys are sitting here talking about how we're going to dole out justice from our high horse of morality and legislation. Meanwhile, there's a business owner that's over there going, five hundred fucking thousand dollars <laughs> right here. You know, it'd be terrible if you didn't take this money. You know, it wasn't even that big. It was yeah. like, you figure she really because that guy in Massachusetts. How you heard about that mayor of Foxgrove, Massachusetts, that was like shaking him down for yeah. hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. She was like, what was it, Johnny? Like thirty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, it was like forty-two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. a great car, like a nice car, you know, <laughs> yeah. but not, like yeah. a cool efficient car. Yeah, yeah. Well, Washington had its own version of that here uh, during medical time down on the southern side, but it was with the law enforcement. Uh, a lot of times it was pay to play because they everybody knew where the grows were at. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, right. Oh yeah, you get, you get GIS coordinates on the grows. It's like no, <laughs> yeah. no, it's right but, there. Yeah. The issue with Cheryl Glenn is that now this is kind of supporting what all these lawsuits are saying, and that there was corruption in this process, right? Uh, and she, she and the chairman of the commission, who is still the chairman of the commission, had a meeting in 2018, late eighteen. Um, and that with with this with this company that that she was bribed by with the representative, and it, it's just that just looks terrible. And the commission hasn't addressed it at all. So everything uh, is on hold indefinitely, and there's uh, three investigations into the commission's application process, and we'll see you know what happens. Yeah, well, let's talk about how New Jersey's probably going to tell Maryland to hold its beer later on. Uh, <laughs> so, like, how much do you know about New Jersey's medical law? Very little about yeah, a little bit. Nothing. I mean, Not, yeah. crazy. we we focus. You know, we kind of keep an eye on West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Did you guys do any and, of the West Virginia applications? Those came out. No. We almost did a couple, but uh, we were too flooded with Illinois applications. No. Yeah, no, no we, we, the time was not right, and we, we wanted to, but we did not. We were not engaged to do that. Um, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it almost seems like a moot point to ask more questions about Maryland, where it's just like, yeah, we have them, but we really don't have anything. And so well, gonna, is, it, license, is, it, is it stratified license? So like I have to get a dispensary, I have to get a, a, a cultivation, I have to get extraction? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, processor licenses, um, dispensary licenses and grower licenses are all you know separate and you have to apply separately. And then um, there's, you know, you can get a secured transport license if you want to be a transport. They did recently... Um, pass uh, edibles, the edible uh, regulations in Maryland. So it hasn't been, um, it hasn't been rolled out yet, but, but that will be coming online. You would think in the near future, um, uh, an edible market in the, in Maryland. With, uh, Maryland and uh, Washington being so close uh, here in, in Washington state, one of the reasons why they, they bitch about um, our markets was diversion. That's why it's gotta be so regulated. And, and I imagine you can get weed it's okay to grow in DC, but your neighbor doesn't even have an infrastructure. I mean, it, there's got to be a lot of. Uh, and 
I mean, there is. I mean, I, I mean, we know for a fact that a lot of a lot of people who own the businesses in DC are Maryland residents, and a lot of people who are consumers of or participants in the gray market in DC are Maryland, and a lot of Virginia residents too. Um, the issue is that whenever you transport that back across that state line, I mean, it just because it's such a close knit jurisdiction. I mean, you know, I you know, we live less than a mile from Maryland. It just it makes you know. Thankfully, we haven't seen much of that kind of interdiction, interborder interdiction. But, but issue, I think with Maryland, because this medical thing is still so much up in the air, is that there's going to be no real conversation about legalization until they can figure out the medical thing, right? It's yeah. like the, they they had, you know, there's the working group and they had some talks about legalization and a bill introduced. But the argument against, it's not an argument like no, no legalization. It's more like, let's just wait. And I think that that's, you know, that's what that's what's happening with that. Can the patients access their medicine? Now. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, Maryland uh, dispensaries are essential. They're essential. But like, do you guys have enough of them? I mean, it sounds like you guys haven't rolled out your whole system. Yeah, right. There were 102 pre-approvals that were issued. Uh, in the first round of licensing, like we said, about about 90 or so have been licensed thus far. So there are still, you know, a, you know, a dozen or, or less uh, dispensaries. And I don't I think there need to be more. Yes, I'm with you um, uh, to answer your question. I don't think there's enough. Legislatively, it's 2024. Is that right, Johnny? Yes. Yes. Before they can, before they can open that licensing process back up. Wait. OK. So you guys conceivably are not going to have adult youth legalization through 2024. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um, that's just the next time they can, uh, the moratorium on more dispensary licenses. Medical. medical. Yeah, medical. But, medical. But they're going to they're do the same thing that all the other states did. As soon as you go adult use, those medical ones, they're going to they're gonna have both licenses. Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just how it stands now. You're absolutely right. What but, other states do you guys have knowledge of their their cannabis structures? I mean, uh, Virginia and DC. Virginia. <laughs> All right. So what's happening in Virginia? Virginia. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Johnny, go ahead. Yeah, no, Virginia is traditionally an ag state, so they've got kind of a robust industrial hemp program uh, going on. They do have a uh, a little uh, kindergarten medical marijuana program, let's call it. You know, they have uh, they've issued five what they call pharmaceutical permits. So there's no grow license, processor license, dispensary license. There's just one vertical license. Oh, I hate you that. know each licensee, and all they can do is produce low grade THC. I also THC. hate that. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So um, and then there, but they're VDAX, the Virginia Department of Ag and Consumer Services, you know, they've really been proactive ahead of the FDA even and, you know, um, having licenses and permits for, you know, industrial hemp processors to produce ingestible CBD products and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, Meredith, I don't know if you want to touch. I, I, no, I'm just going to say, so the CBD threshold in Virginia is 5%. Um, that's the pharmaceutical. Wait, 5%? I'm sorry. 5% okay. okay. Yeah, but still, that... I mean, right. if I was a farmer trying to grow 5% <laughs> THC, I'd kind of like roll my eyes at the guy yeah, who's asking me right. to do it and say, like, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? But, um, uh, but, but, but strains, 
but they're they're basically industrial hemp or like they're one to one strains or like you have to invent them or pick it early. You're not supposed to pick it early, you know. And right, yeah. Or then you it just basically makes you turn it into a chemical where because you're gonna have to do extractions and then control uh, percentages accordingly, which is stupid. But but, you know. but but Virginia's been really progressive in the fact that they even though it's a small medical program it came on faster than people thought and Uh industry watchers thought and obviously you know get your foot in the door with the industry they're going to see the revenue and they'll expand it is our hope um so virginia at least with decriminalization with with a drop in possession charges and stuff virginia has been strangely progressive in this regard Mm -hmm. and i'd say it's going to hopefully continue what do you think Mary? yeah i mean i think that they're only going to continue to become more progressive i mean i would assume that full a full medical program is not that far, not that far away. And then when you guys order blog posts, we show uh, uh, unlimited Florida hemp permits are now available in January. Is that still a thing, or is this closed already? Oh, the the uh, Florida industry. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm following your blog as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so they they they're really they've been really diligent, really diligent about um, issuing permits. Yeah, we do. We do some work in Florida with a business partner of ours who's licensed down there. So we've uh, we've just been observing the industry and, and um, there are not a lot of processor permits or anything like that that have been issued. Um, it's mainly just been cultivator and producer permits. I believe they had their plan approved by the USDA. So I think they're good to go, but I haven't looked at it in a couple of weeks. So. But this is for hemp, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is for hemp. Yeah, yeah, We don't have any clients, I'm sorry, in the medical cannabis space in Florida. Well, um, I don't think you can in Florida because there's only a limited amount, right, right Tom? It's all, it's all multi-state. It's all. Yeah, in Florida, that, when I hear that news about Virginia, it just makes me think of Florida. And I'm like, right. you don't want to yeah. go down this road. Like, you're going down the road of only allowing Budweiser into your state. Right. So yeah, like, you're, right. you're going to have Budweiser, Miller, Coors. Those are the only people that have that type of money. And Truly. so when I see yeah. what Illinois does or when I see what Washington does or Colorado, where you have to, everybody has to get their own little license. There's no unilateral, completely vertical license because that, how many people have $50 million watching the show? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so because of that, you know, you can, achieving a million dollars to open a dispensary or two. That's so much more open uh, to, to the barriers to entry, which are still quite high. And then we're trying to address this social equity thing and, and do it at a practical way. Uh, it doesn't make any sense that um, you have that, which is going to just keep everybody out. It's like, OK, yeah. we're trying to include these people that have been blighted by this law. So go find which ones have 50 million dollars. And then after you're done with the NBA players, go to the NFL players. And so it, yeah. those guys don't have $50 million, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's right. So the issue was, yeah, the, they only issued vertical licenses in Florida, which like you said, I mean, you got to have serious point to be a vertically licensed entity. And um, there is a support of Supreme Court case pending that would decide whether that's constitutional or not. Yeah, and then we're waiting, we're, we're waiting on that one with bated breath yeah. because I've been tracking that. And I have uh, my sister lives in Tampa. Uh, okay. And so, and she's also a lawyer. It's kind of the family business. My dad was a lawyer too. Okay. Um, and so like, I'm just telling her, I'm like, okay, Mary, 
that's her name, obviously. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when it goes, I wanna, I'm going to get this case, going to throw it at you. We're going to put a pin right there. Phone calls like you can't believe, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Um, is there also a legislation pending that would achieve the same result, I, I think, or, is, or maybe? Sure, there maybe. I haven't, uh, I haven't dabbled very much into Florida's law simply because other yeah. states seemed like they were uh, more up and coming and easier to access uh, for me. For example, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, Yankton, South Dakota. We'll see how that yeah. one goes. Up. Um, and then I'm, I am actually pretty interested in Pennsylvania's because they had a legit adult use and also New York uh, because they had a legit adult use. And it looked like they were written in ways to help kind of I mean, like a lot of people are silent on the social equity and they should really read Illinois, uh, you know, the CRTA. And it's Illinois puts all their statutes online and they actually do it very well. So like anybody who wants to read Illinois law can easily find it and then read that whole social equity thing. So you can see how they act because the scoring and everything and what has to go into the application and how the applications are scored, they're all disclosed in the law. So other legislatures that are out there could see how Illinois did it. And if they want to, you know, make a lot of little millionaires and if they also want to help repay the areas that have been most hurt by it, they can create the same type of legislative uh, rubric. And then also that that legislation influences how the applications are done. And they, it influences who the applicants are because they have to actually create new companies or corporate entities. Trust can even hold one. And it has to be comprised of a specific thing. Otherwise, it's not even going to win. Right. No, good point. I think it's also you know, I know Illinois had residency requirements. They had the craft licenses. I mean, I think Illinois, as you said, their their adult use program yeah. was you know it's something to be held up as an example. Um, I hope that Maryland will take cues. I mean, I know the guy, the delegate who sponsored the legalization bill, in Maryland. He's kind of he's trying to have those same sort of craft licenses available. Hmm. or you know smaller uh, yeah that's that because that'll still throw out about like 1.5 to 2 million free like uh, after after the year's over which is great that's a, a wonderful small business and you have a you know a cultivator and a dispensary connected craft cultivator and dispensary right yep. the vertical integration that you make the most money if you're supplying yourself you're making more money Right. Yeah, kinda, but there's a reason why Budweiser doesn't own bars, but yet you can go to a bar right. and get Budweiser. Right, right, right. And it has to do with that three-tier alcohol regulation system that a lot of the cannabis uh, laws are, are somewhat following because, you know, it's taxed at the cultivation level and then it's taxed at the retail level. Uh, we aren't really, I don't think they're wholesaling it yet because of IRC 280E. I think it's more like a, a FedEx type of fee for the, the transporter. The transporter is just... Somebody else will hold the transport license that it makes the most sense for them. Uh, maybe even like the dispensaries would because they could put that into COGS, but it is just an ex additional expense, you know? Yeah. I never even thought about that, that Budweiser doesn't own any bars. You know, uh, <laughs> I happened to drive across the country one time and stopped at the brewery in, in uh, um, Colorado, and uh, they do own like hundreds of acres around them. Uh, like the barley fields are their own. Uh, uh, they have a train track that goes right through all their land so they can load all the shit in there. It's pretty wild to see. So I can imagine like the evolution of cannabis to be on that scale would be awesome to see, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mickey, were there a bunch of Clydesdale horses carrying kegs and shit? Oh, there? There, dude, they had the Clydesdales there. It was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, what I'd love yeah. is to put a, like a Major League Baseball game again someday. 
um, whenever that happens again. And have like, you know, I don't know, Curly sponsoring the game. Curly, yes. Whatever, you know, some huge. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I, I had somebody on. I can't remember who, but, you know, I've, I do so many of these shows. But uh, Hi-Fi Hops is a, pro, uh, a product by Lagunitas. Yeah. And so if that's going to be something that in X amount of years, you go to that baseball game and it's like, you want a Budweiser? Nah, I have that Lagunitas. 10 milligrams. <laughs> right. Well, the joints, they're going to they're gonna get into some problems with the joint. Maybe vape simply because, like, uh, it's smoking. And that no smoking is still going to be there. They'd be like, hey, buddy, no smoking. You know? And you would think yeah. as, as consumers with the, with the smoking, non-smoking, because that is a thing. Uh, when we used to have our markets here, because uh, we could consume inside the, the buildings. And it's, it was, again, people weren't enforcing things. Uh, but uh, eventually... Uh, one of the, my favorite markets, they kicked everybody, all smokers had to go smoke outside because other people just didn't like it. But you were allowed to vape and dab all you wanted inside because it was not the same air quality. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What, uh, uh, Kenner McGowan, do you guys do, so the law firm, is, is it kind of like Tom where you guys do contracts or whatnot? Is that how that works? We do a lot of regulatory compliance. We, we, you know, we've done applications in Maryland for, for licenses. Um, but yes. Transactional work, business formation. Um, you know, we do. You know, just counsel. Obviously, we've done outside general. You know, a lot of outside general counsel uh, tasks and stuff like that. But um, you know, we work with a lot of startups, so we we have that experience. It's kind of an inherently startup industry. Yeah. Yes, and that's another reason I hate the vertically integrated license because it's a startup related industry, and when you do the vertical uh, license, you just basically screw up all the startups because it's like, hey, buddy. Let's go raise $50 million and try to have a chance to win a license. Um, I'm not with yeah. you, bro. Let's go raise a half million dollars and open a dispensary. Let's do this. You know, um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Man. Well, that's really awesome. And I really appreciate you guys coming on the show to share your wisdom. Um, where do you think it's going to legalize next? Well, Meredith and I were talking, um, you know, I don't know, but I, want, I was, I was going to say we were talking about, um, oh, I think one of the southern states. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, originally, and I heard your bit about. Are you talking about Mississippi? I don't know mm -hmm. if Mississippi will be the next state, but um, Tennessee or Kentucky, uh, you know, Tennessee or Kentucky or, or one of those states, I think could. Because uh, uh, I'm on top of Kentucky a little bit. Kentucky does. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know as much about Kentucky as Tennessee. Uh, what about Tennessee? Do they actually have a bill? Because Kentucky actually has a bill. Yeah, Tennessee has a bill. It's uh, SB two three three four. Oh, well, we got to do it, uh, Lauren. Write down SB two three three four. We got to do a bit on that. I'm not saying it's likely passed or anything, but uh, yeah, we we are we start we start early and we update. Uh, and so, like you know, it's I, that's one of the things. And then it's you know, I'm not sure how much lobbying we'll do, but these people, the people that write these things, we can try to get them on the show too. And then we okay. can. Like, so, what about this? How come you're pressing this? You know, yeah. right. Now, I believe there was a few competing bills, but I believe this one would leave it up, would decrim and leave it up to counties to implement licensing regimes, I think. But we'd have to look into that. That's terrible. In the um, sense that, you know, come on, the, those counties don't have the ability to hire, hire KPMG uh, to, to do the grading of the applications that are going to get all these lawsuits. And then you're going to have, uh, you know. Well, it sounds very Nashville centric where all the money is, you know, in Nashville. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but who's, who's it? I don't have a lot of insight in the political system down there either way. But Meredith and I were talking in, in terms of legalization is after this pandemic crisis, 
you know, um, hopefully, you know, is done and things get back to normal, you know, jurisdictions are going to need revenue to get out of this this mess. And would they look more openly to cannabis legalization bills right. in the future to as a means of getting that revenue they need to get out from under this this mess? This is not us analyzing any specific jurisdiction, but with respect to D.C., our Congress representative mentioned it. Right, Mayor? Yeah, uh, Holmes Norton is trying to have a provision in the next stimulus bill that passed that would that would remove the rider um, and basically declare the rider invalid. So the rider. you're talking about the thing in D.C. that prevents, that prevents yes. it's we call it's, the, it's called a rider. It's the Harris rider is kind of the colloquial. Is there any is there any judicial estoppel then? Like, okay, so if that's totally allowed then in D.C., are we going to be able to use that uh, as to preclude the scheduling of the Controlled Substances Act? Is there anything we can do with that? Yeah, no. I'm sure that there'll be some finagling. Uh, you know, are you asking kind litigation, of litigation to to uh, uh, fix this uh, abomination at the federal level? Scheduling cannabis alongside heroin uh, has never ever been successful. Ever. And so uh, I just don't know if having the D.C. territory allow it and then not only allow it, but sanction its um, its sale is is any f more fodder. But they'll, they'll just ignore it or they'll say, oh, you didn't exhaust your administrative remedies. Right. Well, what she was saying was she was saying that, you know, we at D.C., because it's not a state in the stimulus package money that's being given to states, we only qualified as a territory and got significantly less funding than other state, other right. states that were right, Mayor. Yeah, and so the you guys are in a much hotter spot than we are in Illinois, even though we just had our worst day so far. Uh, it's nothing compared to where you guys are at. Well, but now we don't, we can't, the, the rev, the, we're not realizing any of the revenue from the gray market, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's, that's what's, so if it could be something that we bypass having to wait until the next federal budget came around, right, which is in the fall, you know, if we could just remove that now. And so you know, there's a bill, the mayor has a bill that was released last April. Um, and, you know, it's not a great bill. Don't get don't get me started on the bill. But but it would be the first step. And I think they could rush through some sort of emergency legislation through the council, which is our Senate, our, you know, our yeah. well, besides the taxes that you guys will be getting, there's also the jobs that will be creating. I mean, there's so much more revenue that can yeah. be created by just True. allowing it to happen that's already happening. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, is there an estimate of how much you guys are missing out on? Oh, my gosh. I mean, because you don't know exactly. The issue is that not all these companies, if they're selling the stickers, are they registered with the, with the appropriate city entities so that they're paying sales, we're paying sales tax on those figures, right? right. The great yeah. economy is super, is super really hard. Is, it would be a really, it would not, it would be like trying to estimate the number of deaths in Wuhan, China. Sure. The only, the only, <laughs> the only barometer we have for that. Other than like, I don't know. It's not like, you're not going to get any good information. It's not. Other than conversations with, with clients, the only really way to show that how much money the gray market is, it, is making is when there is a raid of a head shop or of yeah. someone's and they find a bunch of cash and you read about how much cash they're finding and you're like well you know obviously uh, the, the well, economy is moving so uh, there's well, no telling how problem there. that's the problem because now you guys have unlicensed operators making cash and they don't want they're like hey no 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 shh, shh. 
you and your regulations. No, you're right. fine. I mean, and, and that's kind of what the mayor's bill really didn't address was how are we going to kind of bring these these gray market operators into the fold, if you will, and allow them a path to become legalized. I mean, hopefully we don't take a cue from California, but something like that should happen mm -hmm. in, in some form. And that bill, the current bill, does not have any. Do you guys, do you guys see DC um, uh, here when it was medical, uh, people who were trying to be legit um, took uh, business licenses and then also try to take like an actual tax and give it to the city as far as like, hey, here's the tax, what you would have taxed us. Do you guys huh. see that at all? That's interesting, That's Maggie. Really um, people, people, people that are that are trying to do something of that nature, I wouldn't say it's the same. You know, they are registering whatever business. There'll be some kind of retail business and they will register that with the local department and they will pay taxes on whatever retail goods they sell. That's the mm. most. There's nobody donating taxes otherwise to PC. <laughs> we know of, but yeah. I'm sure the district wouldn't turn it down. I don't know if they'd say, okay, we'll look, you know. That's interesting, though. I mean, that's, I that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that's why we lost medical out here because they started to see that these guys are making a shit ton of money that they're able, you know, it, it got weird to hear a certain point because everything's cash anyways. Yeah. So I get charged, say $30 for an eighth or a quarter. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to add 6% tells tax because that's what Washington state sales tax is. Right. And uh, they would put that money to the side. Technically. I don't know. Cause again, they just could be just taking extra money from me. Yeah, but that's a way that they can uh, try to legalize it because the, the the combating the gray market. Yeah, it's a gray market. It's a black market. It's a legacy market. It's an untaxed market is how I get at it. Yeah, I like that. Like, you're not trying to necessarily put those guys out of business, but uh, the tax collector should maybe knock on their door and say, "Sir, we're right. here to audit your operations," as opposed to like kick down the door. You know, with the SWAT team and bullshit like that to prevent them from flushing it and all that. It's like, no, no. We know you're selling. We know that you have, you know, based on what we've, you know, estimated from your operation, from our surveillance, we think that you owe us $50,000 in unpaid taxes. And so if you pay us that $50,000 in unpaid taxes, we will license you. And then, you know, you have to be, you have to pay your taxes. And so that's yeah. really the, the, the thing is, you know, when you, when you regulate this, the, why are you regulating it from the COVID-19? Because of the revenue. And it's not because of criminalizing it. And it's not because of trying to create these situations like in Maryland or in, in Massachusetts where you have uh, corruption come out in full force. Uh, if there's operators are, that are right now servicing that market and they're, it's lawful, wink, wink, lawful, why don't you then just put the tax right on top of them and say, all right, we'll be, we're sending the tax collectors out to, you know, so we yeah. guys are like, hey, uh, what about the taxes, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Uh, that's one of the fun aspects of this area of the law is that it is an area of the law that is nascent in the sense that it right. is being made up. And so because of that, like, you know, most law is what they call like, you know, again, uh, back when I would be able to bust out one of these, I could, I could tie a, a bow tie. But like I when I had to go to court, it'd be like, oh, crap, I got a motion hearing here. And in 10 minutes, bang, you know, and then just uh, I'd go to court and I would argue why my client was entitled to summary judgment for failure to pay. Well, for the, the defendant's failure to pay on a note. Uh, pretty easy to win that one. And uh, but, you know, it's that's well settled. Like the principles of commercial law are well settled. The principles of cannabis law mostly do not exist yet.
not only that is it's it's not, not well settled, but it's unsettling in the fact that it has so many tentacles and touches so many other area of laws. And when it does, someone in that area is like, well, we've never really contemplated this. Very so right. now now we have a merit. Now we have a, a cannabis housing you know law issue. We have a cannabis, you know, employment workers issue. There's all these little. Well, it all comes down to that F in federal law, right. the Controlled Substances Act, because sure. the reason you have the housing is what is it? You have the federal money and then you have that, you know, Drug Free America Act because 30 years ago being tough on drugs meant just saying no. No, wait, no, being tough on crime meant like <laughs> arresting drug dealers or drug. You know. It was silly, but it was the 90s. You know, we didn't know anything. Websites weren't around until 1991 for crying out loud. What do you think an eighth was in the 90s? Uh, I paid about $60 for a good eighth in the late 90s. In uh, 1998, when I went to college and I was a freshman, uh, and I started smoking doobies. Uh, and so if you wanted an eighth of Dank, and like the Dank would have a name, uh, you know, there's Blueberry, Bubba Kush, uh, Afghani number one was still popular 20 years ago in Illinois. And uh, that would be 60 bucks for an eighth. That was more detailed than I, than I thought of. Yeah. 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 Or fire. There's all fire. red hair. Fire, fire's new. Fire's been like the last five years, you know. Or uh, or BC's from like you know. BC Florida. Big Bud was oh, yeah. in BC Bud. That's right. I mean, like and the, the old. And then and then, and then Tom, you get the uh, you get the dealer line like, hey, for you, it's sixty. Uh, or if you want to buy twice it's a one ten (laughs) let me tell you the funniest thing ever is seeing a judge say reggie that reggie oh shit that reggie (laughs) (laughs) wait wait, we can't go tom's gonna show us how tight lauren lauren remember that i'm gonna gonna just uh real quick one all right uh so you know the pro tip is to, to button this. If you button the top one, it's easier. If you don't, it's it's more difficult. But uh, <laughs> give it a struggle, because if, if you're going to fail, you might as well do it on live television, uh, because this isn't television; it's YouTube. And then you see the thing is, I should actually probably be narrating what I'm doing as opposed to just doing it. So first, you kind of tie it like a regular knot, and then you lay it over like it's a bow, and then you put that thing, and so that's the middle of it. And then you you pinch these two aspects together. And then you take this part of it, which is the bed, and then you shove it through this hole that you've made. So like it's literally just tying a knot. And then uh, this is where it this th- you could spend five minutes. You could spend all day uh, fixing it because now you're trying to get one of your fingers <laughs> through the loop as you pull it. And then this one is right here. And it's how it's through. And then uh, you try not to lose the other side of it. And then you just get you, you kind of work with it for a bit. And then, you know, this is pretty good. I, I would I would tighten it up and make it look prettier if I had to go in front of. I Jeff. can't do that. So I, I well done. There you go. Looks good to me. I, I was a bank litigator for many years. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. Wait today. a second. Let's also show them their site real quick, though. Sorry about oh, yeah. that. I need to cut you off, Lauren. Uh, but yes, oh, please yeah. catch up with uh, Meredith and Johnny over at their website, KinnerMcCowan.com. Well, no, KinnerMcCowan.com. Yeah. Yeah, can you go to outlawreport.com? That's our uh, our media publication that reports on the regional cannabis news. Oh, if you will. Outlaw Report. Yeah, that's our uh, that's our newsletter. That's our the uh, real media to use. It's updating. It's it's loading. It's fine. No big deal. No big deal. Oh, there Please you go. go visit them at theoutlawreport.com. Credible cannabis news, and you can join their email list. You know what? I haven't gotten your guys' email. There you go. There you go. Perfect. And subscribe. All right. 
Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you coming on and, and helping us understand the East Coast uh, cannabis laws. Thanks, guys. Yep. Let's do it again. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Stay healthy. Stay safe.